Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you. So let's do this together. Boundaries. When I mention that word, you probably have a mixed reaction to it. Part of you says, yes, thank you. I love boundaries. Boundaries make me feel safe and comfortable and loved. I need them in my life. While another part of you said, ugh. Boundaries are so confining and rigid, and I hate having them imposed on me. I also hate establishing them myself because they feel rude and uninviting. Depending on our past relationship with boundaries, be it those others placed upon us or those we set in place ourselves, we often struggle to discern their role in our lives. If we've had a more unhealthy experience with boundary setting in the past, we've probably conditioned ourselves to go resist them if possible so as not to confine ourselves or others too greatly. If we had a more pleasant relationship with boundaries, we likely appreciate the part they play in our lives because we know they keep us personally on track and allow us to better manage our relational experiences with others. Most of us, I think, tend to fall somewhere in the middle. The experience and the teaching we've received on boundaries has given us this mixed view of what their purpose is, how to use them, and why they are so important. We've had enough times where they were misused that we've become hesitant to employ them when needed or to respect someone else's when they need to establish their own. In my own mental health journey, however, I've come to understand that boundaries are essential to a vibrant and thriving life, and if you don't know how to properly acknowledge others' boundaries or to respect and honor your own, relationships and decisions can get awfully confusing. In order to have a healthy sense of self and the freedom To live out the one beautiful life we've been given, it's paramount that we reframe our perspective and relationship with boundaries. And that's what we're going to do today. I hope you'll join me for a bit as we explore a biblical view of boundaries and how we can all get better at harnessing their helpful power in our everyday lives. Let's get started. Recently, I was listening to a woodworking craftsman talk about his trade and he mentioned an interesting fact about his work. He talked about how he carries around with him two pencils, and each serve a different purpose. One is the farmer's pencil. This one is easy to read, but intended to give just a general guideline to operate by. For most projects, this pencil does the trick. Just a little line to work with, and that's all that's needed. Then you have the preacher's pencil. This one is much more fine and is used to give you, as he turned it, the truth without deviation. For more exacting projects where you want to limit any chance of error, this is the proper choice. The metaphor wasn't lost on me as I realized that this gives us a pretty good analysis of the role of boundaries and limitations in our lives. No carpenter will ever work without some sort of line. In most projects, eyeballing it just won't work because even being the tiniest of margins off can drastically alter the outcome of what you're repairing or building. You need a line to work by. The question comes which line in which situation is necessary. 
I'll show you what I mean. For instance, love your neighbor as yourself would probably be a farmer's pencil guideline. It's open for personal interpretation and is simply something to go by to help you know the general right direction to head in. You can find many ways to work with it, but it's still an important principle to operate from. But you shall have no other gods before me is more of a preacher's pencil moment. It's God directly saying nothing in your life is more important than a relationship with me. You cannot serve God and the world. I deserve to be in sole control of your life. That's a pretty hard line that requires life change and must be followed as closely to a T as possible. There are just certain things that are the ultimate truth that must be adhered to without deviation. Understanding the difference between the two types of boundaries is important, and having the discernment to know which one to use when is key. Unfortunately, as is the case with most humans, we are imbalanced people, and most of us live more on one side than the other. We confuse which things need to fall on which side, and have impaired discernment about the proper usage in the moment for each. Some of us are farmer's pencil people, and we're so concerned about not hurting anybody's feelings, we're speaking up for the truth, that we almost never use the preacher's pencil boundaries. We think it feels too hardcore and unloving, so we stick with the general guidelines almost exclusively. While in many cases, as the wood craftsman pointed out, this approach does tend to work. However, when we encounter situations where a more exacting line must be drawn, we're hesitant to do it and often we cave in or avoid the conversation or decision because of it. Other people are more preacher's pencil people all the time. They are rigid and exacting about everything. They are so concerned about not breaking the rules and paying attention to the guidelines that they'll hold themselves and others tightly accountable about every little thing. These are the Pharisee types among us who are so worried about keeping the letter of the law that they miss the bigger picture altogether and don't understand how to go a little easier on themselves or those around them. These tend to be the legalists who beat themselves up when they mess up or sadly end up driving others away in their lives because they care too much about keeping everyone in line and don't let them breathe once in a while. This swing from one extreme to another can make finding a balance and a healthy relationship with boundaries very difficult. Most of us have not been shown or taught what healthy boundaries look like and why they matter, so whichever figurative pencil we're using doesn't appear to be incorrect because we don't know any different. We just resort to what we know and have been conditioned to think and do. To change our minds and actions when it comes to boundaries requires some new information. Let's start by simply establishing what a healthy-looking boundary is. The dictionary defines a boundary as anything that indicates a border or limit. So boundaries help to define the bounds or limits of things. This can be physical, such as a property line, or it can be spiritual, such as the distinction we made earlier. It can also be relational on some level as you define healthy limits for yourself in regards to other people. It can be mental and emotional as you figure out what feels right to you when it comes to your personal well-being. The first principle to establish when it comes to boundaries is that they originated with God. God uses boundaries all the time. He set boundaries in place for creation. Jeremiah 5.22 For I have placed the sand as a boundary for the sea, an eternal decree so it cannot cross over it. Though the waves toss, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot cross over it. Psalm seventy four seventeen proclaims about God. 
You have established all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. In Exodus 19.12, we see God setting boundaries for worship, commanding Moses not to let the Israelites touch Mount Sinai in order to protect the holiness of God. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. In Job 14.5, we see God's limitation on the human life. Since his, mankind's, days are numbered, the number of his months is with you, and his limits you have set so that he cannot pass. Similarly, we also see in Acts 17.26 that God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. God has limitations everywhere in this world. Without them, we would have no rhythm to our seasons, no order to our way of life. God knows we need certain limitations if for no other reason but simply to stay alive and not have the created world devour and upend itself. So to write off all boundaries as being inherently bad is to miss a valuable truth about God himself and the way he rules the universe. However, he doesn't just use boundaries in the sense of governing the natural world. When Jesus walked the earth, he gave us a physical example of what it looks like to live with boundaries relationally. He showed us how to use the two types of lines we discussed earlier, when to give a gentle and general guidance, and when to adhere to an absolute truth without deviation. Part of why he came down so hard on the Pharisees is that he understood they lived in a preacher's pencil world, with rules upon rules upon rules to keep the rules so as not to even go near breaking the rules. They were so concerned about keeping themselves and everyone else in line that they missed the love of God in actual living flesh right in front of them. They didn't even know a farmer's pencil version of faith existed, let alone how to use it. Part of what Jesus tried to show them was how to pay attention to the spirit of the law and not just the letter of it, how to have guidelines for gospel living without always needing to cut things so close all the time. Jesus' use of boundaries is particularly evident in John 18, 33-34, and John 19, 10-11, where Jesus is on trial before Pontius Pilate en route to the cross. Pilate is trying to figure out why the Jews have arrested Jesus and brought him on trial, as it appears to Pilate that Jesus is pretty harmless to the general peace of the public. He asks Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? To which Jesus answers with a question of his own. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? In this way, Jesus sets a precedent of always checking the source of an accusation. When a person comes to you claiming certain things about you or your character, ask yourself, and perhaps the other person, if they are just repeating something they've heard or been told to say, or if they are actually acting and speaking on their own. Later, after Jesus has been relatively silent through the trial process, Pilate asks him why he won't speak to him, then proceeds to toss in a threat in order to get Jesus to answer. You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus replies, You would not have any authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. By saying this, Jesus made it clear he would not be controlled by intimidation. 
Nobody had been given the place or the position to manipulate him, and the ones who were truly responsible were the ones who raised the accusations in the first place. I love this because it proves very clearly that boundaries are biblical. God set them in place, and he uses them all the time, because he knows that boundaries, when properly wielded, are good and fair and honest. Boundaries help to create freedom because a life or a society without them turns quickly to anarchy. It's why we have governmental laws and military and police to help enforce them. While it may seem harsh at times, limitations are normally put in place because we want what's just and right for both ourselves and others. Love of peace and goodwill compels us to establish and honor the rules so there is greater ability to operate safely within them and there is comfort in knowing those boundaries will be enforced and there will be consequences when they are broken. Anyone knows that when you don't discipline a kid or even a pet, they run wild. Same goes for any other thing or person in all of the known universe. Without these guidelines, we suffer, and that's why God and the scriptures make such a point about their importance. The second principle I want to establish is that boundaries are essential for mental health. It's a well-known fact in the mental health field that many psychological symptoms and mental difficulties stem from problems and conflicts associated with boundary issues. When healthy boundaries have been established, other people are made to know that we as an individual person exist apart from them and their control, and that we are in control of our own selves. We practice healthy self-agency and responsibility without the constant needed intervention of others. When we are first babies, we are very much dependent on the help and care of those around us for basic survival, But as we grow, the design is that we should be enabled to do more and more for ourselves and to begin exploring and becoming the person God made us to be. Unfortunately, people in our lives who themselves have had unhealthy experiences with boundaries sometimes stunt this growing process and we become conflicted when it comes to putting our personal sovereignty into play. Because boundaries were created by and are used by God, we are given a certain leverage to use them in our own life Yet most of us don't understand how to do this because we don't even know how to lovingly act on and enforce them in our daily life. Doctors Henry Cloud and John Townsend in their insightful book on this topic of boundaries note, a boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up many different options. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. When you or I feel as though we're having to ask permission to make certain decisions in our lives, particularly as adults, and do not have the freedom to live out the God-given purpose we are made for, we just may have an issue with boundaries. When we don't feel as though we can say no and speak up for what is important to us, or what's best for us personally, this is a clue that others and their unhealthy enforcement of boundaries, as well as the bypassing of your own, have too much weight and power over our lives. Some people sadly only feel as though they can love you or even have their own emotional needs met through trying to control you on some level. They have not learned how to find their own no, let alone learn to respect yours. When this has happened often enough in your life, our emotions and our bodies will start to react to this and try to tell us that this doesn't feel right. It may come in the form of anxiety, 
depression, anger, unnecessary guilt, shame, and many other struggles. But the reality is your sacred inner person is trying to tell you that something deep inside has been violated, that you're not being allowed to be the best you possible and that someone else or something else is guiding you outside of your own intuition and, of course, the will of God. Christian circles haven't helped this problem any because so much emphasis has been placed on the fact that it seems like the loving thing to bear up for the sake of others and keep on giving in to their needs and wants because standing up to them would be harsh and uncaring. But the problem is when we keep doing this again and again and forget the prior established principle that boundaries are God-originated and that he desires us to use them toward good ends for both our welfare as well as that of others, when we forget that, we start to give up parts of ourselves in the name of keeping the peace or being loving. We sacrifice our true beliefs and our inner sense for the sake of going along to get along, letting ourselves get yanked around by expectations or opinions from others instead of learning to establish our own selves as separate and unique people created in the image of God. I love how psychologist Dr. Allison Cook puts it in her book, The Best of You, when she points out, boundaries aren't primarily about saying no to other people. They're about saying yes to yourself and your work of healing. When you learn how to respect and honor the most important and special parts of yourself, your gifts, thoughts, emotions, experiences, all of which are totally unique to you, you start to develop a healthy sense of who you are, totally apart from any other impressions or expectations that have been heaped upon you. Boundaries don't just have to be about keeping others in line and protecting yourself. They're also guardians of a bigger yes in your life. As Cook describes, they flow from a strength you built deep within. They help clarify your convictions and teach you how to stand firm in who you are and what you're about. They give you a larger vision for life so you can remember and return to that when it's time to say no thanks. The hard part is when those boundaries need to be enforced, it's difficult to actually follow through. Because likely when you draw a boundary with someone else, be it a farmer's pencil moment or a preacher's pencil moment, they will probably be disappointed and hurt. Particularly if they've never had a good relationship with boundaries themselves, they will resent the fact that you're trying to establish your own. They may attempt to manipulate you or try to talk you out of your position. They may get angry or retaliate in some way. They may even give you the silent treatment in an attempt to still control you for whatever limitation you've just set. The truth is, not everyone will respect the boundaries you set. Quite a few will be willing to work within the boundaries you establish, and you will know pretty quickly who those people are, and that's a good sign of a potentially healthy relationship. But not all people will be like this, and it will be hard to watch. For some, they may feel a big loss or rejection on some level because they were looking to you to fill a void of some kind that was never your place or responsibility to bear. Now that you have stepped back and taken some emotional territory back, they feel slighted. They may try to tell you you're crazy for doing what you're doing, when in reality it's actually for their benefit that you stop living according to their wishes and start living true to your beautifully designed self. God never wanted us to put up with unnecessary abuse or pain just because we needed to somehow exhibit love towards someone else. Many of us have been led to believe that it's not okay to establish boundaries because our caring behavior will somehow help to change their responses and accusations of the other party. 
but this is not true, nor should it be right. As we said before, God put boundaries in place to keep us safe and on track with the life we're supposed to live. And when we can't honor that because we're too wrapped up in the unrealistic expectations and boundary overstepping of others, he definitely gives grounds for us to make a change. Like Dr. Cook wisely put it, setting boundaries doesn't mean you don't care about the other person. It simply means you've started caring more about you. You're not trying to hurt them. You're doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. I know I've struggled with this because it somehow feels selfish to speak up and say certain things or establish a boundary in my own life, but I'm slowly learning boundaries help me to counter various forms of irresponsibility on the part of others from a position of strength. When you anchor yourself in the truth of who you are and the truth of who God is, it's easy to see that the solution isn't to just keep letting others control and hurt you, but rather to stand firm in your convictions. We are not supposed to be God in others' lives, nor are they supposed to be God in ours. God must be God in all our lives. Life isn't about trying to conform or be conformed to one another's image. It's about each of us honoring the image of God inside ourselves and then helping one another to release that image in its fullest to the world. Boundaries are all about calmly, reasonably, and wisely establishing the fact that your voice is here to stay that you're not willing to be pushed around by those who won't respect the best of you. You can choose not to keep on betraying the wonderful person inside you God has created and can start showing up as your true self in your relationships. Others may not like it, but I guarantee you'll get stronger as you practice learning to adhere to what is best for your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional well-being. Adhering to what brings out the best in you and helps you come alive And not only that, but when you stop enabling others, you also empower them and force them to take responsibility for their own selves. Not that they will always do that, but sometimes your willingness to use your own voice and speak up for your own needs can inspire others to get their own boundaries addressed. In every situation, you will need to assess whether it is just a matter of general guidance, a farmer's pencil moment, or a preacher's pencil moment a more serious matter than involves taking a stand of absolute truth without fault. Whichever one might be needed, confide in and take comfort in the promise of Jesus in Luke chapter 12 when he told his disciples about potentially unpleasant encounters they would have for the sake of the gospel. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. In those times when you need to get up the courage to set a boundary and do the hard thing, know that God is with you and that he will show you exactly what you need to say or what actions you should take. Sometimes a simple request to have your boundary respected will be enough. Other times a more aggressive form of action may be necessary in order to get some healthy distance and safety from a bad and toxic situation. Whatever the context might be, just remember that the God who designed boundaries gives you the permission to use them when needed in order to maintain your quality of life and honor the meaningful purpose God wants you to live out. As Cloud and Townsend point out yet again, boundaries help us distinguish our property so that we can take care of it. They help us to guard our heart with all diligence. We need to keep things that will nurture us inside our fences and keep things that will harm us out. Putting these things into practice won't be easy, and there may be some confrontation along the way, 
but your life is too short and too precious to waste it trying to appease others who don't have your best interest in mind. Boundaries help you to regain your quality of life, and whatever temporary discomfort or agitation they may create in the beginning will largely be offset by the freedom you gain to go and create the amazing life God wants for you. So carry those two proverbial pencils with you in your personal toolbox. You'll find plenty of chances to use one or the other, or maybe even both. But each one is essential to crafting with grace and accuracy the life you're designed by God to live. Boundaries are your friend, and when used properly, release you to go chase after what you really want and what matters most. And I believe that's a trade we should be willing to make. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are.